Hey, hey, folks. Thank you again for joining me on another episode of Trost Talk here. Uh, we got a great episode in store for you. Uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Also, follow me on Instagram at Trost Talk. Um, but first, my buddy, Pablo2020. Today is, well, it doesn't matter what day it is because it just doesn't. Um, I will say that I am, I'm starting this off. Today is going to be, a, uh, well, a mixed martial arts heavy day. Uh, I had a, an incredible weekend watching the fights. Um, later on in the show, I will be joined by my buddy, Chris Del Bene. Um, he will be hopping on. We will be discussing the Israel Adesanya and Jan Blahovich fight. Um, I am first going to give my takes on it before I invite him in and uh, sneak attack him on all my points. And um, he's a little more he's a little more of a casual fan and um, than I am. And I say that purely to annoy him and piss him off. Um, but uh, that being said, I will uh, I will be. Oh, oh, this was the other thing. I do apologize. You guys may hear some can't, like some cracks, some um, you know, some crackles within the audio of my podcast. I do apologize. Um, you'll hear it on my episode with Jono that I will be releasing to as well. Um, it's just some kinks I'm working out in the studio still. I either have a, a you know a bad interface now or a faulty cable, so I'm getting it figured out. Uh, should be sounding better by the end of this week and uh, some point mid mid uh, next week. Um, so that being said, um, thank you for uh, stopping by and listening to this show. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and just get started real quick. Um, I will say this um gonna just briefly go over the whole card the card was a 15 fight fight card um i thought from the get-go just an incredible card uh, just tons of finishes if you want like a pretty eventful night um i would say rather up until the main card i mean just finishes after finish it was on the early prelims and the prelim fight so that's a great card to listen to or to go back and watch if you want uh if you want to see a lot of finishes i would say those are the those 10 fights are gonna be pretty entertaining there's a couple flyweight bouts in there that aren't but about seven out of those 10 fights have finishes um i thought overall just i thought it was a pretty entertaining fight card i mean i was busy all day just watching um you know but the big ones you get into the main card um, those were the main fights. Now I'll, I'll be brief with those before I get into the three main fights, um, that really headlined the show. Um, so the main card you open up with, uh, Santos versus Rakic, um, not, not a very impressive fight. Uh, Rakic clearly won. Santos just looked timid the whole time. Timid, not intimidated. Um, and Rakic really seemed to he, he almost thought he put on an incredible performance. Um, and you know, he had the audacity to be like, I I'm next. I feel like I'm the face of the heavyweights. Well, if you are, that was a very piss poor performance and that doesn't really speak highly of your division. Um, I don't think he's even close to a title fight. I think the fight to make for him after that is with Reyes. Um, 
I don't think he really put on a, a great performance. Uh, I wasn't impressed. He won the fight, but it wasn't an impressive manner. He won the fight because he was the aggressor, in my opinion. Um, I just was not impressed with that fight at all. Um, not not. Let me rephrase that. I wasn't impressed to where his next fight should be a title fight. Um, but like he was good. Um, so that being said, uh, then we move into the next fight, which was Drew Dober versus, uh, Islam Mikachev. Uh, this was a, a beautifully boring fight. Um, Islam, he's Habib, you know, he's, he's another Habib. He, he trains with them, lives in the same area as him. Um, yeah, I mean, he's an incredible fighter. And don't get, when I say beautifully boring, the fight itself was terrible. It was pretty much three and a half rounds of just him on top of Drew Dober, who I felt bad for. Um, he just didn't have the takeout, takedown strength, uh, takedown defense needed to beat him. Um, but, I mean, it was pretty much just a mauling. And when I say beautiful, the beautiful part is because, yeah, I mean, from a a pure standpoint like it was beautiful to watch where like I mean he was just dominating he was mauling him it was like it was like watching a grizzly bear maul uh a beehive it was just there was nothing nothing that was going to happen like that you just knew that beehive was going to be crushed afterwards that's all it was he was in there to get his honey and that was the win the submission and he got it um you know I I I think he, I think he's obviously going to be a super talent in the lightweight division. Um, I thought it was a boring fight. It wasn't entertaining. I think it's two two things are true at once. I think it was both boring and an impressive win. Um, I think people get really, particularly the hardcore fans, they get really up in arms when you're when you call that a boring fight. It's like it doesn't mean it wasn't a great win. It's like relax, dude. It does not mean that that wasn't a great win. It was still an impressive win. Like, he manhandled the guy, and it just, it also just wasn't entertaining. So, I don't know how that's, like, a hard thing to hear for a lot of people, but apparently, like, it only, it's like you can only pick one. It's like it's either entertaining or it was just a, a beautiful, masterful fight to watch. Like, no, it, it was both beautiful and masterful and just boring as fucking hell. I mean, you watched a guy pretty much just lay on top of him. Yeah, he choked him out, and he was doing things that most people won't be able to pick up on, like how he was able to pass guard, things like that, and transition was very seamless. But it doesn't make it for an entertaining fight, pure and simple. Um, Impressed, really loved. Uh, I don't like like him and Habib as, like, I don't like their fights, but I like them. I think they're funny. Uh, like, I really loved his after-fight <laughs> commentary when he was talking about tony ferguson and he's he's pretty much just laughing he goes i don't understand this guy <laughs> he's like i don't understand him like what's what's it what's his deal and he he and you know he and habib in the back are just kind of like laughing at like all his fucking weird cryptic tweets and instagram posts and they're like i don't get this guy <laughs> he's like what's his deal i don't understand i thought that was pretty funny they're obviously clearly have sense of humors um the Dagestanian Eagles. Um, I I obviously think he'll maul Tony Ferguson. I don't know that Islam is the best in lightweight right now. I think he will be in about a year, year and a half. Uh, he'll definitely be champ, that's for sure. Um, I don't know about right now. But anyways, 
back to um, number my uh, the oh, the first title fight: Amanda Nunez versus um, Megan Anderson. So Lindsay decided. Excuse me. Lindsay decided that she was going to go ahead and get on her uh, degenerate side and do a little gambling. So she puts down money on Megan Anderson, who was at the time, I think she came in and ended up at a plus 750, but at the time she was a plus 825. So she... She goes and puts money down on her. I didn't want to advise against it. I mean, when it comes down to gambling, I always like, I'll give my advice. But for the most part, I'm going to stay out of it. Because in gambling, when someone gives you advice and it turns out wrong, generally that person blames you. So uh, most gamblers, they'll give like very hesitant uh, advice. Somebody who really gambles, you'll know. They'll be like, eh, and they'll, they'll kind of, they'll give their opinion but they're going to make it very clear that they don't think that not that you shouldn't listen to them but that like it should really at the end of the day be your decision because no gambler ever wants to give somebody like a lock and it doesn't and it doesn't work out just generally it's not a thing um anyways going into me getting so she gets fucking just basically skull fucked by uh amanda nunez um within two minutes um you could tell it was the same thing that amanda nunez faces every fight people think they can get in there and then after then they feel her power after one massive hit and they all their faces always change it's what happened megan anderson was like all right she goes into this fight takes it she thinks she's a bigger girl. She thinks, all right, well, she's never seen anybody hit like me either. So she goes in there, gets rocked with a haymaker, and immediately her face goes stone cold white. And she's like, fuck, I'm in for a ride. So she goes for a ride. And now the big takeaway for me with Amanda Nunez is like, what the fuck does she do now? Because at this point, it seems like everything's just a legacy fight. Um, and, and I don't mean that as, like, a critique to Amanda Nunez as much. Like, she's pretty much doing everything right now just for legacy and money because nobody's on her level of competition. And I'm not even saying that as a bad thing. Like, girl, make your fucking money, dude. Nobody can beat you. Like, clearly. Like, what is it? Why, why retire? You're not at an age where you really need to. Keep racking up the dollar bills. Keep fucking these people up all day. And... Make that money. Who gives a shit? And yeah, your legacy is going to be cemented pretty quickly. I, I don't know what they're going to do with the 145 belt for women. I think they're just going to vacate that for her because there's nobody there challenging her. But the only person I really see fighting her is Savchenko. Um, they'll probably make that fight. That's the only person I could see beating Amanda Nunez um, realistically. Um, you know, I, I it'll, be, it'll be interesting for the UFC, what they're going to do with her. And unfortunately, what also sucks is she's probably not going to be the main event headliner because everybody knows the outcome of that fight, man. Like, she's she's just so far above everybody in her divisions that it just, you kind of are like, what do you do? You know? Like, you don't, you almost, I almost feel bad for Amanda Nunez. Like, because then this, what's going to happen is eventually somebody, because time always wins, she's going to get to a point where she's just going to lose, but I think it's going to be more so she's losing based off of just being old. Like, she's just going to be older and in the sport. I don't really see her losing in, like, her prime ever. 
having that massive shock. I think people will still react like they're super shocked, like, holy shit, biggest upset ever, but it'll, she'll be like 37. It'll be the, it'll be something where you're like, I mean, she's been fucking champion for six years. Like, eventually somebody had to beat her. Um, so, you know, it, it, that's how I feel about it. Um, and, uh, I, yeah, just kind of feel bad for her. Then we get on to uh, the next fight, which is Jan Sterling. Um, huge controversy, giant DQ. Um, so how I originally broke this fight down was Aljamain Sterling I had winning the first round. I mean, he came out like a bat out of hell. Um, well, kind of weird because he also seemed to have drained himself in the first round. Like, he looked gassed as fuck in the second and third round. Um, you know, I don't think his game plan, you know, Pewter Yawn's game plan is obviously walk people down, keep pressure on them. That's like, you know, his thing. Well, Aljamain Sterling almost seemed to like he wanted to take that away. So he was pressuring him a lot and just kind of in his face constantly. Uh, hold on a second. And then, um, he, uh, so, sorry, excuse me. So, yeah, and then, um, you know, it's I had it Pewter Yawn winning the second, third, and he was winning the fourth until he does an illegal knee, and it was clearly illegal. First of all, the ref declared it illegal before he even threw the blow, and then he threw the blow. He even looked to his corner, seeing if he could throw the kick, and w apparently one of his mem one of somebody in his uh, corner said yes, which, you know, Aljamain Sterling brought this point up in his video, which I really wholeheartedly agree with is how are you an MMA fighter? You're a trained professional for years and you're at that time a UFC champion and you don't know to not knee a guy in the head. How do you not know? I get not knowing all the rules, but like there's some key major ones you probably should really fucking hone down before you get into a fucking octagon and an illegal blow is probably one of them. Um, so how he didn't know that is kind of wild to me. Um, also, I know Pewter Yawn speaks at least some English, so the ref telling him he can't take that hit, he should have recently under understand. Now, I don't think it was like from a standpoint where Pewter Yawn was trying to actually hurt him and it was malicious where he was like, oh... I had an opportunity to really fuck with them because I don't think he wanted to lose his title. I think he had a momentary lapse in judgment. Um, I don't think, you know, I think in the heat of the fight, he was probably just not really, not really thinking. And it just, it got the better of him and lost him his title. Now, people giving Aljamain Sterling shit on, um, on Instagram about saying he was faking it. First of all, I don't think he was faking it. Um, I do think that he knew he was losing the fight. Um, I, I, I don't think he was trying to sell it to, to, to get the belt that way, but I think, huh, how do I say, like, there was, I think there was definitely some, some conscious thing where he maybe didn't think he was going to get the belt, but he was like, well, I'm not going to refight this because you're already compromised. Now, even if he didn't get a concussion from it or get knocked out, you took a knee to the head. Peter Yawn, they stand you back up. Peter Yawn's going to finish that fight. It's just, that's what's going to happen. Um, 
I think realistically what he did was thinking as well. He knew he was losing his fight. He needed a way out. And I'm not saying a way out like he just wanted the fight to be over as much as I think he was looking like, okay, I can restart this fight pretty much. Like, I'm going to get a rematch. And I think he knows that he can use this to now beat him or knows how to beat him. I think Aljamain Sterling wins in, in the rematch. I really do. I think I think he realizes that he came out too fast, had an adrenaline dump. I think he kind of corrects some things, and I think he wins the rematch. I really do. Um, I think it was more like... I agree with him. I, I do think he is being truthful in the sense that where he, the first thing he thought of was like, fuck man, like I'm going to have like four fights before I come back. And that is why I think that he had some, some conscious moment of I'm going to end this fight because he knows it's smart. It's like, if I don't, I get back up and I lose or they call it a no contest. I'm never going to get a title fight again, or I'm going to have to win four fights in a row before I get back here. So they call it an illegal blow. They DQ him. And it, you stay down. You get your rematch. You get to prove it. Worst case scenario, you lose your belt the next fight. Now, if you don't want to be a champion crowned off of DQ, I can see your point. All I would say is, in, at least in this scenario, have a little more understanding that he should get the belt. Because I think it's one thing if the ref never warned you. Um you know, and you did the blow, I, w- I could see it. I would say, you know, maybe just vacate it, have him refight for it. But the ref warned him, and then he hit him. You, you deserve a pretty severe consequence, and I think you should lose a belt. Now, does it matter? No, because it sounds like they're running it back immediately. So I do think he should be stripped of it. Maybe not give it to Algia, but he should be stripped of it. Um, Now, I think... A lot of people giving him shit online for like celebrating with his family. First of all, Aljamain Sterling, he, he even said it in his videos. Like, and I even agree is, dude, he comes home and his family and friends are trying to get him, like, they're trying to pick him up. They're trying to make him feel better. They know this is not how he wanted to win the title. And you can even see in the video, it's not like he's grinning ear to ear and he's fucking celebrating and, you know, basically acting like fuck yawn. Uh, you know, really bamboozled him on this one. Somebody's doing, you can see he's kind of half-heartedly going into it. Um, and for the, for the most part, like it's his family and friends. Like, of course he's going to have a little bit of happiness and joy. Like they're trying to cheer him up, man. Like he, he, that's what they're trying to do. And he doesn't want to, he's doing it for them, but I would just say lay off. Now, my big point, now we're going to get to the biggest fights and the most important and my favorite fight of the night because my boy Jan Blahovich won. Um, Israel Adesanya, Jan Blahovich. I thought good fight wasn't the barn burner people thought it was going to happen because it was a super technical fight. Um, I So first, for the judge and scorecards, I do agree. I didn't think they were right. I there One judge scorecard, the 49-46, I could see. Uh, reason being, um, he just had Jan Blahovich winning four rounds. He had four ten, uh, ten round, ten nine rounds for Jan Blahovich. Um, I could see that. I went back. A lot of people had Jan losing the first round. I did too, personally. I had Jan winning third, uh, the second, fourth, and fifth. Um, I did go back and watch it without uh, audio. Um, I definitely 
think the commentary influenced that for a lot of people. Um, Izzy, Izzy definitely, I, I could easily see how you would give the first round to Jan because Jan did actually push the pace a lot in the first and he actually outstruck Izzy in the first as well. Um, so I, I definitely think he did that. Now, I definitely think he won the first. He definitely won the second. Or not, uh, he won the first. Uh, I think I could definitely see why you would argue that he could win the first. I, If somebody gave you on the first, I would not be upset about it. Um, definitely won the second. Obviously won the fourth and fifth. Um, you know, it was interesting. I think a lot of people thought he was going to try takedowns in the uh, first rounds. Um, but for the most part, he... he stood in the pocket and he, he swung with Izzy and, uh, you know, he outstruck him. That was the first time Izzy, Israel Adesanya has ever been outstruck in a fight. Um, and he was significantly outstruck. Uh, but to talk about Izzy, you know, it's clear that first of all, the, the man, he clearly has great take down defense. Um, he, he's pretty good again along the fence. His obviously his big hole is, you know, what happens when he gets taken down because a lot of what he did now, he did make movements to try and hip escape, stuff like that. But after a while, it pretty much came survive down there, um, which I get. The guy had 20-something pounds on him, right? So um, it was it was good for uh, – not good. Um, it, it definitely showed the weaknesses. Like if you can somehow get Izzy to the ground, which a big somehow – um, you know, he, he, people really struggle with, uh, not people, but he really struggles with doing that. Again, I said this on my pod last week. He's only a purple belt on the ground. Jan's a black belt. Like he's a black belt. It was like watching a black belt roll with a purple belt who also had 20 pounds on the purple belt. That's what it was like watching. And that's what it looked like. And that's what it was. Um, and I, I think people forget about that. They also forget that he was a, a Muay Thai fighter in Poland. So a lot of it, he looked like he even changed up his stance a little bit for the fight so he could have a better guard, which is what Izzy actually complimented him on at, on the fight. But, uh, sorry, I'm going to stay back. I'm going to talk about Izzy first. So Izzy's holdings were definitely like the ground. Now, he's going back down to 185. I don't think... There's any, maybe Marvin Vittori is the only guy who's like a big, strong guy who I think could take him to the ground because Paulo Costa, big, strong guy, not doesn't really fancy himself a wrestler or a takedown guy. Um, he's going to try and stay in up and fight with Izzy. Izzy's going to pick him apart if they fought again. Um, I like who's going to take him down? Darren Till? No, Darren Till's not that. He's a, he's going to try and stay on the feet. Um, Gastelum, not going to happen. He's too small. Um, Marvin Vittori is the only guy who could probably realistically do it. And I think that's going to be a hard one. Um, Izzy's just so fucking tall and big, especially for the middleweight division. Um, so I, I definitely, I definitely think he's going to still be going down. I think he's going to rule 185 for a bit. Uh, He's obviously going to come back up at 205. Now, do I think if Izzy decided to train and take this like an actual lightweight and come in at 205, you know, do the weight cutting, do I think he could have won? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I, I really don't, especially because 
you know, he wanted that speed, and as Jan even said, he wasn't as fast as he thought. Yeah, he would have had more power, but he would have been even slower. And I think what was really hesitant for Jan was his speed. That's why Jan was biting on every single feint, because he really was. Um, um, but that being said, you know, I think I think Izzy's going to dominate 185 for a while. I think he's going to come back up to 205 and win the title at some point in the next year or two. Um, I really do. I don't think we've seen the last of him at 205. I think he's got to go run his course at 185 right now. Um, it's just hard because, like, who's going to really contend with him? You know, you got Paulo Costa and Whitaker, which to me is really more of a setup fight for Whitaker because nobody's going to watch Paulo Costa, um, Izzy, Israel Adesanya rematch right now. Like, they're just not. It's a little too early. Um you know, he just beat that ass. So for him to get a title fight after that, it's really set up for if Whitaker wins, Whitaker probably gets a rematch. I don't think Whitaker wins that rematch. I think as good as Whitaker is, um, his best thing is striking. And I don't think you're going to go, I don't think you're going to go toe to toe with Izzy on striking like that. Um, especially being a smaller guy. Whitaker's like 5'11, six foot max. Um, and he's not going to take down Izzy. He's not, he can try, but he's not. I don't think he's going to be very successful. Um, um, yeah, I mean, overall, though, I wasn't unimpressed with Izzy. I thought he did really well. I thought for the most part he just didn't push it enough. Like, I don't think he went and tried to force a lot of exchanges enough, and I think that's what lost him. Obviously, what lost him was getting taken down. It was a big one. Those were the two huge factors. But as far as on the feet, like, People think he was dominating the the fight on the feet. I mean, he he got outstruck by like twenty to thirty punches by Jan. Jan outstruck him by like twenty or thirty strikes. So, I mean, he put up an impressive fight. Like I was I was impressed. He did well. He did better than I thought he was. It wasn't like he got blown out. I mean, he probably did. You know, makes a uh, couple more uh, in game changes. He probably wins. Now, he said something about after the fight that how he would want him to know knowledge, like going into the next round to help fighters plan for their fight. Like, they should be knowing the scorecards going, no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. Because this the whole point of the fight. Like, you fight it. Like, you fight. Um, your round, your your coaches should be able to be truthful enough with you to let you know if you lost or felt like you won the round. Um, that's a lot of the reasons why you hear a lot of people talk about, like, finish the fight. Like, don't leave it up to the judges. Um... Obviously, it's easier said than done, but, like, you shouldn't because mainly in the main one you get into is what if you're winning in the first, the fifth round? You know what I mean? Like, you would just go on your – you would just get on your bike and you would just stay away from them. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't be feeling like you have to engage or enticing you to engage, which would just give you such a clear advantage. Um, so I think that's ridiculous. Um I will say this about Izzy. He took the loss like a fucking champion, man. I, I love him even more because of that. Because of that, I, he, he, I've become a very, very, very big Izzy fan now. Um, I liked him before it. I loved Jan, so that's why I was rooting for him. Um, but, you know, I, I like when fighters do that. I like when people can lose like a champion, and he did. And, you know, um, I tip my cap to Stylebender. Um, you know, that... I, I really enjoyed seeing that, and that was just um, makes you feel good. Makes you feel good. Um, there's nothing worse than a sore loser, um, you know. So, 
I'm happy for him. I think he's going to still do great things. I don't think this makes Izzy lose his allure. He tried something great, tried to be different. doesn't mean he can't even be a, a, two, a champ champ somewhere down the road. I mean, it could still happen. It just wasn't this moment. Um, now we get into the big moment of the night. My man, Jan Blahovich, who you guys all know I thought was going to lose. I really did. Um, and I was more preparing myself for the worst, hoping for the best. I love him. I love Jan. Um, you know, I, first and foremost, the one thing I was really saying was I was watching a lot of Izzy fights before this fight. And Izzy, he, his leg kicks were are the game changer in every single fight. He chops people down. He slows them the fuck down with those leg kicks. And he has incredible leg kicks. Jan checked those leg kicks better than I had ever seen anybody. I think we just also watched Jan really, really um, defeat. I don't want to say defeat the leg kick, but he found a defense and a cure for it. One of the big things right now in the UFC is that lower calf kick, low leg calf kick, right? And it really changes the fucking fights. Nobody really knows how to fully check it. I mean, you even see videos like Conor McGregor was checking Dustin Poirier's where he was turning his leg out. wasn't even fully... And, and that was still really hitting it. And it wasn't, like, really helping those types of checks. Yon did the Muay Thai check where you kind of bring your leg up. Um, or what he would do is he would meet the leg halfway so you were almost kicking shins. Um, I kind of saw him find a way and a cure for it. Or at least... a. Um, um, a treatment that was going to give it a little bit of a, you know, um, bring the symptoms down sort of thing. Um, so his defense, man, I just want to say his defense, I, I've never seen anybody have such great striking defense against Izzy. I mean, he really, really put on a display of defense with him. And then obviously his patience. I mean, his patience was just incredible. You know, Izzy's game is predicated a lot, a lot off of counter-striking and waiting for people to come inside because Izzy can move really well within that pocket, and he's got such long arms, he can hit you from different angles as he's ducking you. Jan didn't really do that. Um, he kind of did what Yuel Romero did. He was really patient, but had way more offense. He was patient but offensive and let the fight come to him. Um, I, I was really impressed with Jan's fight. I thought it was brilliant, and then his transitions to takedowns in the fourth and fifth round were brilliant were smart well played uh great game plan he's a true champion um i i'm very excited for him um you know i'm curious it's kind of sucks for the lightweight because the next fight's probably going to be him versus glover to which isn't a very high selling fight but it's the one that needs to be made and Jan, i think will win that um, which will give him two successful title defenses, really cementing him at the lightweight, at light heavyweight division. Then, you know, who knows? Maybe if Rakich beats Reyes or Reyes beats Rakich and they fight again, he fights one of those two, he wins. Maybe then uh, John Jones comes down for the 205 title and him and Jan go at it. That would be an interesting fight. Um, you know, I, I think Jan's the best 205-er. I, I personally, I know DC, I think the other day, said that he still thinks John Jones is. I don't. I thought personally, I think John Jones, uh, I thought personally, I wanted him to win this fight too, and I thought he lost to Dominic Reyes. To me, he lost to Dominic Reyes. I thought he sh shouldn't have even had the title. I thought Dominic Reyes was a rightful champion, and then Jan made mincemeat to him. Um, I think Jan is the right champion. People think he's uh, just a transition champion. That was a lot of the thought. 
John, uh, you know, John Jones leave, so it's just you know the f- quick fill in for John Jones. No, he's the real champion in my opinion. Like he's the rightful champion. Uh, <clears throat> I think John Jones, particularly at the end of his career, I think he won a lot of fights by based off the fact that he's John Jones. You know, I saw something on Instagram. My notes. You know, just an Instagram post, but I think there's some truth to it where they're all physio. Uh, if Israel Adesanya had been John Jones in this fight against Jan Blachowicz, John, uh, John Jones would have won via split decision. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. Like, I don't think John Jones, how the fuck you had John Jones unanimously winning the fight against Dominic Reyes is kind of mind blowing to me. I thought he unanimously lost that fight. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not, I'll be honest. And I, I really didn't like John Jones at, more so after that fight. Cause I just, how he is on Twitter. He's just, he just fucking annoys me, man. It's like, he just has a, something to say about everything. Um, anyways, but I, I'm digressing. Like I, I want to get back to my boy, Jan Blahovich. Jan Blahovich, I mean, he, what, first of all, what an incredible story, an incredible story. Um, and then in a, just an incredible fight run he's been on right now. Um, and then this just a display against, one of the best fighters in the world giving him his first loss and as Jan said he goes now he'll remember me for the rest of his life because <laughs> I am the first person to give him loss in MMA um you know there's a lot about Jan people didn't know first of all he's a black belt I've been saying this a lot and people seem to like just not notice that like he is a black belt on the ground he knows what he is doing on the ground um he he's a great wrestler or solid wrestler um and then he's all he, he fought Muay Thai and I think that's why he was able to kind of really understand Izzy's striking. Um, he was a Muay Thai uh, kickboxer in Poland for a while. Um, and obviously, as most all of us know, is that's what Israel, Israel Adesanya was. He was a kickboxer it's a way before he got in MMA. Um, so it, there's similarity. Um, I think he was more Dutch-style kickboxing. But, um, you know... They understand the striking almost. Um, so I thought Jan, I, you know, I was just really impressed with him. I thought his defense was great. He had a br- brilliant game plan. Um, I think if they were to refight, Jan would do things differently, like f- throw a little bit more of his jabs. Um, I think he would come in the pocket way more and really, really pressure him. I think he was hesitant because he was trying to understand his speed and power, and Izzy was really fast. I mean, you saw you saw him bite on every feint. Now. Was that a bad thing? No, because I think with the reason I think he kind of needed that is because Izzy's leg kicks are so deadly, dude. They're so deadly. And he fakes. What Izzy's really great at is he'll fake, he'll make you pick your leg up, and the moment you start bringing it down, he fires it again. Then he catches it just on the open with no give, and you just clunks your leg. So... I understand why Yama's doing that. Now, I think what Yama would do in the rematch is he would still do those feints, but as he's fainting, instead of kind of going onto his back foot, I think he would move forward a little bit. Um, and uh, I think he'll be more opened up because Izzy now would also be expecting him to be taken down more. And I think Yan would be able to fake the level changes and maybe come over the top. I think that's what would happen. Um, I just, I, I'm really happy. I, I'm really happy about this fight for Jan. Um, I think he cemented himself. He's a true champion. I think I I I think, in my opinion, he beat Reyes for the title, because um, Reyes, in my opinion, was the title holder at that point. Um, but yeah, so great fight card. 
Um, I'm about to now uh, call in my buddy Chris, and we will get um, our discussion going. All right, folks. Um, so I'm about to be joined by Chris Del Bene here. Casual Chris, I like to call him. He will be uh, joining us shortly. I just sent him the link. Um, but we will be going over the Israel Adesanya fight and uh, probably just shooting the shit a little bit um, as soon as he joins here. He is taking his sweet time. Um, the man is working, though, so let's be a, a little... A little gracious um and here he is the man the myth the legend hold on i think there we go trusty what's up, what up? loving the studio bro bro i know bro hey look at i got the the stereotypical muhammad Ali. yeah hook. is impossible nothing or what no it's the uh the one he's standing over sony liston Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen. Isn't there like a poster where they where it's always like impossible is nothing, and it's him doing that thing? I don't know. Over Sunday, he's got three of them. So I have I have just the, the one of the basic ones. I don't have all three yet, but um, it's like Thanos. You got to collect the rings. <laughs> Douchebag Thanos. Um, so how you doing, man? I'm good, man. Uh, you know. Forever, man. I know. Well, it's been... forever for us, I would say. For you and I. For you and I. <laughs> Not in general. For you and yeah. I, it's been forever. Anything over three months, and I start to go through pile withdrawals. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's because I'm a terrible drug. Um, great that to be around, fun. but obviously <laughs> not the best for you health-wise. He's a couple of years off the life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. But man, so uh, first of all, I like the shirt. That's a Nike one, isn't it? You know, I stay checked out. Yeah. I like that. I like, is that like, I can't really tell, but it looks like it's vice colors. Or is it orange or is that pink? Combination thereof, like pink, purple, orange. They're kind of going back. They're going to like their night. They're going through a little 90s phase, Nike. Huh? Oh, yeah, for sure. They're bringing that shit back. Yeah. 100%. Um, are you into, like, are you into Puma? Have you been seeing some of the Puma stuff come out? Obviously. Look, no, I haven't this. at all. Bro, that's kind of tough. Yeah, stand up. Sheesh. Got the hood. Bro, it's clean. It is so, clean. I don't like their footwear, though. I feel like their wanna, footwear. Yeah, they have a lot of, su- I think it's because the suede. They're very European, too. But, mm-hmm. um, so I was, I got this in Germany when I was in there for yeah, Oktoberfest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I see it and like I'd already gotten myself some good stuff. We were we're at the point it was like the end of the trip where you know we're doing shopping now for like mm-hmm. family friends stuff. Um mm-hmm. and I see this and I look at it and I'm like, oh that's fly. But mm-hmm. I text it to Lindsay and I'm like, hey, would you like this? Like, you know, you could get one. Mm-hmm. She goes, Yeah, that's really cool. Like uh, I would like that. And I go and like, so it's only in guys, which she can fit in for anybody who does not listen. She's six foot. So like she can fit into a, a men's small, um, which they have. Um, but it, it was the more and more I was looking at it. I was like, that's so sick. And so I just text her and I'm all, they don't have it in women's. So I grab it in the men's extra large for myself. <laughs> <laughs> And I come home, I come home and I have, and she goes, wait, isn't that the, I was like, yeah. She's like, so you got it for yourself. Mom. Yeah. I mean, I, I did like it a lot. <laughs> it was a really, really cool windbreaker. 
um so yeah um well hey so oh did you so you were you actually text me i didn't know you were really really big into uh ufc i know you kind of watched it here and then um did you watch the the whole card or did you uh just watch the title fights so it's funny i was over i was over my girlfriend's house she was having a little party and we were trying to hook up the espn app to her, her tv could not figure it out for the life of me so literally had to watch the entire card on a cell phone and imagine like eight of us huddled around a fucking cell phone trying to watch watch the card. So I heard about like some of the, I think like uh, Peter Young got a DQ'd for kicking a yeah. dude in the face or something like that illegally. Um, yeah. He was manhandled. I didn't hear anything of that, but I saw the whole Izzy fight. And that was the one that I really like was super into because I love John Jones. I love Izzy too. So I was, I was curious about that hype and how that would kind of tie in and how he would do at light heavyweight and, and things like that but um see i don't like john jones i used to i don't jones. like i don't like john jones anymore i really don't why um i he just he just bugs me um he just bugs me um i like uh it's funny i was just talking about this for uh, i got you on was um i I did like him and I was actually rooting for him like in the Dominique Reyes fight. I was actually rooting for him. Right. Um, I actually, and I'm not the only one, one of mm-hmm. many who thinks this, I thought he lost that fight. Like I, I, I didn't like, cause I didn't like Dominic Reyes. Cause I was like, Oh, he's 12 and Oh, like he's just some young buck running his mouth about to John Jones, who I've heard the controversy about like, you know, how sometimes it would come back where he, like he maybe even should have lost the fight, but because he's John Jones, they give him the victory. Um, not, not that that I'm not saying like that should be held against John. What I am saying is um, so then like, that's, that was part of like, for me, why I was going for him over uh, Dominic Reyes was I was like, Dominic Reyes kind of just run his mouth. I didn't really care for John Jones at that point. Didn't dislike him. Didn't love him, but you know, I liked him. Um, and so I rooted for him. I, I truly thought he lost that fight. Like hands down, I I, I was kind of shocked that he won, and sp- particularly won by unanimous decision. I was yeah. really blown away by that. Well, um, I think I think the one of the things, and I think we'll talk about this with the Izzy fight, is especially when you have like a lukewarm fight where there isn't like a clear cut. This guy's dominating the other, and you let it go to the cards. Like I think that's starting to become an issue in the UFC where you're letting the fight cards go to the judges. And, and honestly, I mean, you heard it with the Izzy fight with Dana White, where like. I think, yeah. for example, I think like they were saying essentially that Jan won four rounds to one, and they were basically like basically some well, of one the, of them was a ten eight round was right. two yeah, judges and had a saying, 10-8 round. Yeah, and if you're getting ten eighted, like you're basically getting your ass kicked, like you're getting yeah. your shit, you're getting your shit kicked in. Like the ref should have to step in to stop the fight if it's a ten eight, or like they're he's close to doing so. Yeah, and it's, I, and I don't it's know. a pure dominance round where someone's getting just teed off on, but um. Generally, I, I would say is, um, you know, I, I went back and I rewatched the fight and I, I watched it without the commentary. Mm-hmm. I can very much see why people would give Yon four rounds. I rewatched really? the first round in particular. And now I personally had it three, two. I personally mm-hmm. have it. I thought Yon won the second, fourth and fifth. Um, I thought he mm-hmm. lost the first and the fourth, but I, when I went, went back and rewatched it i can very much i turned the commentary off um and i rewatched it and yawn definitely pushed it a lot in the first round um and he actually outstruck izzy in the first round mm-hmm. um so he outstruck i was him ballistically, I, now, didn't he 
Yes, overall, he had by like 20 or 30 strikes, too. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, I personally was – I wouldn't have given him the first round, but I'm not going to be like up in arms if someone scored it a 49-46 because they had Jan just winning four rounds. I'm not going to be up in arms about that. I can see that argument um, pretty easily. Um, I'm also probably a little biased because I like Jan, but, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I I definitely could see that. I do agree the 10-8 round was bullshit, but at the end of the day, the right guy won, so I'm not really like – I think it's more so – the 10 8 thing more bothers me for future fights mm-hmm. because it didn't really matter in this fight. It's not what won Jan the fight. Jan um, just was the better fighter that night. He was. He was a better mm-hmm. overall MMA fighter and he just, he just won't, simply won. Um, I don't know. To me, it felt like going into that last round that, like, I think Izzy still had a chance to win. I think if Jan doesn't get I that think- takedown and dominate on the last round where Izzy just can't get up because Jan's too big. I think that there may be potentially a different story. And so oh, I, I guess agree. that's hundred percent. I, I, that's how I had it. I had it two mm-hmm. two going into the fifth, the last round. Um, but I'm just saying is when I rewatched it, I'm not shocked that people had it for one yawn. I can also see that. Agree. Um, Cause you were kind of bringing up this point with like the John Jones and Dominic Grace mm-hmm. fight. Like, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Like in a lot of what they were saying to say was, well, you know, the whole argument is, he didn't show Dominique Reyes didn't show enough to beat John Jones. And mm-hmm. It's like, or to, to dethrone him as champion. Cause he didn't finish him. It's like, yeah, but he, to like me personally, I thought he did. Cause when it was on the feet, he outstruck him and mm-hmm. he got all, uh, you know, John Jones was attempting takedowns the whole entire fight and didn't get one until I think the fourth or fifth round, he got yeah, two. It was late. All. It was late when he got him when he took yeah, him down. Yeah, and he got two of them. And then even with those takedowns, he didn't do anything with it. So mm-hmm. he he did nothing. Like Dominique Reyes got pretty much right back up to his feet. And whenever mm-hmm. it was on his feet, he was losing on the feet, and he was losing bad on the feet. I thought. Um, but I know, and I know he was fighting on a lot. Like one of the big things that they'll say is like, you know, well, John Jones was pushing the pace. It's like. Yeah. I think that matters. I think that matters if like they're really close in areas. But I was like, but I didn't think it was close. Like if they were pretty even on the feet, you know, they're both about within a you know eight to ten strikes range. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe John Jones is outstruck, but he got a take takedown. But like the striking's within five to ten, and he got a takedown. All right, and he was pushing the pace. Okay, I could see that. But I mean, he was clearly being outstruck on the feet. And he did nothing with his takedowns and he was attempting takedowns the whole entire fight. And he only got two at the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm now right now I'm just kind of ranting about it, but um, I guess I'm more ranting cause I'm defensive because I think like, I personally, I think I love yawn. I think he's a rightful light heavyweight champion sure. because I personally think Dominique Reyes won that fight. And then he beat Dominique Reyes for the title Knocked him uh, out too. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, he was winning the first round too. Like he was, it was just he just dominated Dominique Reyes and then KO'd him. And so I personally think he is the rightful champion. Um, I don't think he's you know just some guy who happens to have it because John Jones isn't there. Um, the crazy thing about Jan is he's thirty eight. He's really old, which is really kind of wild. old. He's thirty eight. Really so old. I mean, I don't know how much time he has left to defend his belt. Yeah, and I. And that's, it's like, I don't he's know. He's probably got one, he's probably, what he's doing, here, give me one second, one second. 
Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, um, I think he's going to have like almost like a Michael Chandler thing with this, where he's going to be on a short, but fun run. Um, you know, he's got, I would say a pretty, a pretty good fight with Glover to share next, which yeah, he's next up. It looks like, which I think he could win. Um, then it'll be interesting to see what happens after that. My thinking is if he wins like two more title defenses, I think John Jones comes down to fight him. I really do. Yeah. I mean, it seems that John, that John's views on fighting for the heavyweight title at this well, point, though. At that point, so theoretically, John Jones should already have a title fight at that point. So he could be going for a champ champ status. Yep. Can you imagine if John John or if uh, Jan Blahovich stops two champ champ opportunities and it's Israel Adesanya and yeah. John Jones? That'd be wild. Because I can wild. see that. Because so that he's already announced Dana that Stipe and and Ganyu are um, the winner of uh, the winner of that is fighting John Jones. Yeah, makes sense. So, um, so that means that probably realistically, if John Jones wins the heavyweight title, if he wins the heavyweight title, he we'll probably have that by the end of next year or whatever. Right. And at that point, because uh, Jan Blahovich isn't going to get another, like he's not fighting Glover Tierra for like six months at least. Um, mm. And so the timeline would just match up that if Jan gets in like two more title defenses and John Jones would probably have the, t- the heavyweight title, you would have another, t- uh, you could have another champ champ moment. And it- he would just could be going down 205. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty high stakes too. If Jan's the light heavyweight champion and John is the heavyweight champion, and then the winner of that fights the champ champ, there's just a, I think that'd be really cool. I don't think that's ever happened. If we had a title fight where both guys coming in could retain two belts at the same time. Like the win, like either way, the winner, the winner of that fight, no matter what, is going to be the champ champ. I don't know if that's ever happened. Yeah. Well, no, they wouldn't though, because, um, that's the thing is like when you do the champ champ fights, only one belt. Is oh yeah. Card. Cause it's in one way card. You're right. You're yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm. Um, but it would be the first time that one person has defended his belt twice from like a champ champ opportunity. Yeah. And like then denied it, be, it. Yeah. And then it would be, it would be even wilder if he won. So then if like if John Jones came down to 205 and Jan Blahovich won, this would be one of the craziest stories in UFC history because this guy was about 100%. to cut. He was nobody until a couple of years ago. I feel he, like he was like a really high prospect when he came into the UFC, but then he lost four out of his first six fights and he was about to be cut. And then he goes on this monster tear and then he becomes champion. And then he denies a champ champ opportunity to one of the best fighters in the world who was undefeated at the time. And then the arguable goat decides to come down with his heavyweight title to 205 mm-hmm. to take his 205 title in another champ champ opportunity. And he denies that. That would be one of the greatest stories of a UFC fighter. For sure. Especially because both are technically undefeated. Like I know John had a, has a loss, but it's really not a loss. Well, I think it was also. You got DQ'd. But he was beating the shit out of somebody and he got, he got like, he hit someone illegally or he did something. Yeah, but illegally. wasn't that also out of the UFC or was that in the UFC? It was in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Okay. He technically lost, but he was kicking the shit out of the dude. I don't know who it was 
or when it was, it was like a back of the head elbow or something right yeah he did something where it was like a legal move yeah so he's technically undefeated he's like, done that he, twice he also did an illegal knee on anthony smith in his title oh i didn't see that um that would that ha- that's why a lot of people were talking about that um well you know the thing for me that, that that is the thing for me that's kind of crazy is i don't know why izzy didn't try to bulk up like you had to know that was going to be the game plan coming in like he's not going to try and sit there and strike with you like you had to know that he was going to try and take you to the ground and i feel like he either didn't prepare for that or just wasn't big enough to do anything about it and like if you're going up to that weight class i don't know why you wouldn't bulk up at least a little bit because it looked like he maintained the same weight. I think two things. I think one, he did not want to lose any of his speed, which is his biggest asset and his biggest tool, and particularly his biggest tool for keeping it on the feet, too. Two, and more importantly, I think, um, he never had a plan. Even if he won the title, he wasn't going to do anything with it. He was going to vacate it immediately yeah. and go back down to 185. So mm-hmm. I think with him was he was like, well – I'm not going to ruin my body and my, you know, and what I'm kind of going through right now. And, um, you know, what I, the process I have going for 185, I'm not going to ruin that for one fight where mm-hmm. I think I can beat this guy and I really want to keep my speed. And, um, you know, I, I, that, that's, pr- that's truly just what I think he, what I think he was thinking. Um, yeah. I feel like his strikes didn't do any damage on Jan. I'm not saying him bumping up would have done anything, but I don't feel like he really hurt him at all. This is what I saw. You you tell me. I saw – I didn't think – I think both sides, really. Um, I don't think either really engaged. I think they both respected each other. Like, Mm -hmm. Jan knew he had the reach, and he was fast, and he was faint. Like, he was biting on all his feints, but, like, Izzy didn't want to get – really close to yawn i think mm-hmm. especially because i think in the second round he felt that he felt um you know uh yawn his power and he was like all right well i'm not going to be coming in very far <laughs> and mm-hmm. but i think that's where you know i kind of like i do look back and i'm like you know is he really wasn't like, like going for it you know yawn mm-hmm. was really pushing him to engage mm-hmm. and he was not trying to stay in that pocket long at all with yawn no i saw the same thing um what did you think about what did you think about him though doing like going up to uh 205 after like after i just just think that i mean just based on his body type i don't think that's gonna work for him i think now the book's out on him like about what you need to do i've never i don't think izzy's a very good ground defender i think he's a great striker and that's what's always separated him i think when you're in a middleweight division i mean he's easily the tallest and longest guy in that division so he has the reach to, to cut any distance between any fighter i think when you get to 205 like it's a it's a different type of game and that's and i think it's i think that it's a little bit more you see a little bit more wrestling at that level you see a little more guys yeah, who they're just stronger yeah right and i think think about a lot of the guys who've run that division like daniel cormier john jones both are like big time college wrestlers and that's kind of where their background comes from i think even with Jan, you could say the same thing where he he definitely likes to take guys to the ground well, Jan, so not a lot of people don't know this, but Jan's also a black, black belt. In Brazilian jiu jitsu, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, it, he, and it's not, and it's not like he's like a recent, like, he's, he's a pretty high level black That's belt. That's his style. That's his style is Brazilian yeah. jiu jitsu. Well, Muay Thai, too. He's a, mm-hmm. he's a Muay Thai jiu jitsu guy. But um, mm-hmm. he, the, here's the thing is, Izzy, here's why I'm not worried about Izzy. First of all, Izzy, he's only a purple belt. 
in jujitsu. Like he just mm-hmm. like recently just. Yeah, I think I saw that too. Yeah, um, I'm not worried about him because he has the attitude and mindset to keep working, and he like he's gonna. He knows what his weakness is. He knows. He knows what he's gonna do. He's gonna go back, and he's just gonna practice that. And he's if there's one person who you know who has the ability to get it done in the gym, like and make himself better, it's Izzy. Like you know he's gonna go out and do that. So I'm not necessarily worried about him. And to at least in the middleweight division, I like I think what you said is Alex. I think a lot of these guys are just a little too small. And also there's not a whole lot of wrestlers in middleweight. Um, mm-hmm. there's one in Marvin Vittori, who's a bigger middleweight who could probably do it, but I think he may struggle because is he still even bigger than him by a lot? Mm-hmm. Um, I think when he does get up to 205, I think he'll be further along in his training. I think he's going to be like a brown belt, probably closing in at that point, a black belt. Uh, but a brown belt in jujitsu is pretty good. It's pretty, that's pretty solid. Um, I think he probably be all right i think he, i think he's gonna be in my opinion i think in two years we'll see and we'll be seeing him hold the 205 belt in two years yeah i don't know because it seems like that john jones fight kind of went out the window at least for this time being so oh, I wonder yeah, what... that's not happening for in the near future i wouldn't say yeah i don't think so either and i well now i feel like it kind of brings to light that if he fought john jones he probably would have got his ass kicked yeah i mean all I will say is if he was able to if he was able to get off leg kicks, I think he would win because I thought that's I I think his best tool is his leg kicks because he kicks hard, fast, mm. and accurate in his leg kicks and he destroys motherfuckers' legs. Mm-hmm. And John Jones has skinny little toothpick legs, little deer angles. Mm-hmm. And he will I feel like would just get his legs snapped. Um but that's also you know if john if john i do agree if john jones gets him on the ground though it's it's over in that round 100 mm-hmm. yeah, he'll maul him he'll maul him on the ground what do you think is next for izzy in the middleweight do you because there aren't uh paulo costa and um robert, robert Whitaker fighting and probably yeah, the and darren till and marvin vittori are as, are as well those are pretty much the two f- those two fights are pretty much going to put winners forward for izzy um Unless Costa wins, because yeah, I was gonna I say, he kicked the shit out of Costa. And not only that, but that's too quick. Said, though, after yeah, the fight, he was, like he was drunk. Which I was like, well, that just makes you an even bigger idiot. Then, yeah, like you then, got like, your like, ass kicked. And I was Don't like, that makes you a bigger idiot that you went into a title fight drunk. Like you're an idiot. Then, yeah, like there's other ways to go to sleep. Dumb yeah. fuck. Yeah, take. How about melatonin? You ever heard of that? Like, if you need, like, Xanax, like, it's yeah. better than getting fucking drunk the night before. Doesn't make any sense. Um, but, you know, I, so I, and plus, I don't think anybody wants to see a rematch title fight between, like, mm-hmm. when a fight was that lopsided. I don't think anybody wants to see a, a rematch title fight that quickly. Because you could um, say the same thing about Robert Whitaker, though, couldn't you? Because he is, he slept the shit out of him, too. Yeah, but it was a good fight. Um, it was a really high exchanging fight and mm-hmm. Robert Whitaker has won now like three fights in a row mm-hmm. against top level competitors, uh, three or four. And it's been three or four title defenses sent for Izzy now at this point. Mm-hmm. So it's been long enough where you could have a rematch. I think, mm-hmm. I think realistically what's going to happen is I think Darren Till's probably going to, I like Darren Till, but I think he loses to Marvin Vittori. Um, I hope he doesn't, but I think he does. Um, and I think, I think Whitaker beats Costa 
And if he beats if Costa, he beats I think him. we get Robert Whitaker, Israel Adesanya next. I think that's what we. Do. Yeah. And then if Izzy beats if Izzy beats um, Whitaker, then I think we get Vittori. I think we get Vittori uh, Israel. But I think I think Israel's he's gonna be fine at middleweight. Um, he, I think he. I mean, he's gonna keep doing his thing mm-hmm. in, in training. Man, he's only gonna keep getting better. I think he's thirty-one. Like it's not like he's young. Yeah, he's got time. Yeah. Maybe even younger than thirty-one. I feel like I don't know. He's thirty, thirty-one, something like that. Yeah, something like uh, that. But he's still young. He's got time. Um, you know, I think he's he's going to still be on a, a good run for another two, three years. Um, mm-hmm. I and I really do think he gets the light heavyweight championship. I I think that's kind of his path. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. How old's John Jones? He's like thirty-four, right? 33 34 somewhere in that department okay yeah i think uh they may they may have a chance to do that fight in a few years but it's nowhere in the near future the older he gets i feel like the the more cautious will be about his undefeated record though if he keeps winning and so like if john gets up to like 37 38 like i don't know if he'll want to fight izzy at that time i i'm gonna be honest i think he's gonna have a much harder time at heavyweight than he thinks Mm -hmm. I think he's going to have a very, very hard time. I don't know. I feel like he walks around at that weight anyway. I mean, I know you kind of loo- you kind of cut down. around at that weight and living, it's an at adjustment. That weight, living at that weight and, like, fighting at that weight. I mean, you're talking about guys who are naturally, like, 240 to 260. Mm-hmm. And he's naturally probably like 225 230 no way no way he's naturally like 240 i'll guarantee look at his brothers no no no. he's just put on they just have been talking about how he's put on like 15 pounds of weight he's like 248 right now and he's put on pounds bro every time i've heard him talk what is so what is the heavyweight like threshold what is like the weight what is so they say heavyweight what is actually like the weight classification so the weight class for heavyweight is 206 to uh, 265 is the maximum. Is two. You can't be above that. Can't be above 265. But there are probably about five or six heavyweights that are above 265, and they literally cut weight to get into heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Um, Francis Ngannou. I don't think he's one anymore, but he was. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's really gotten his diet in. But um, like Derek Lewis is one. Uh, Derek Harvey. Not Derek Harvey. Fuck the D end. Yeah, it was Derek Harvey. Um, he's one. He has to do it. Um, you have people like that. Most of these fight like Stipe's. Stipe always says that he would be like a cruiserweight guy. He would be like a two twenty five champion because he's a, a really small heavyweight. And he probably he's had fights where he's like two forty, but that's like small for a heavyweight dude. I mean, right. you're probably mostly you're seeing guys. Most of these guys are probably anywhere from 250 to 260. And John walks around because he hit the 205 fight means he probably when he was fighting, he's probably 220 when he's mm-hmm. like the night after. And he's probably walking around like 230. Like he would probably rock around 230. He's probably put on I can see that. right now. He's put on definitely right now to get to heavyweight. He's put on at least 15 pounds. No, uh, I believe that. I just think though, with, with the way he strikes, and like I don't think that it would matter. The weight difference would matter with him, just because he's great with his, with his kicks, and he's great at keeping guys at bay with that. And I also think he's a world class wrestler. So, um, so if you take him to the ground, like it doesn't really matter. Like 
how much the guys aren't going to be like overwhelmed. But a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys are just going to be like taking these guys down at heavyweight is super hard. Is just such a hard thing to do because a lot of these guys don't even need great technique to get off the floor. They're just mm-hmm. so fucking big. They can roll just, around. They can just, yeah, they can just like technique and all that kind of goes out the window. There's like like Francis and Ganu, literally. Mm-hmm. He will do shit like this where somebody will try to take him down and he'll just like square himself to the ground and he'll just use his legs and just jump up, like pretty much just mm-hmm. pop himself up and just use their right. strength. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying John Jones can't put like can't take guys down. I think he's gonna have a lot harder time than he is, thinks. And the other thing is that all these guys have at heavyweight, every single one of them has that one punch power. Every single one of them can knock your head off with one mm-hmm. punch. John Jones didn't even have that at 205. Mm-hmm. He's got good kicks, but like he didn't even have that at 205. He's not going to have mm-hmm. that in heavyweight. And these guys, every single one of them does. <laughs> every single one of them has that power. Like, look at Curtis Blades. He's a wrestler, right? He's mm-hmm. a big, big time wrestler. He was a Division one wrestler, college wrestler. Um, has the most takedowns in UFC history. I mean, he just got slept by Derek Lewis on an uppercut, like one of the gnarliest KOs. Derek, Derek Lewis is a thumper, though. He can, he can, he can let it rip. But that's my point. Is like, even it doesn't. All these guys is one punch. You can just, you can be a great wrestler and all that. But at some point, you're gonna have to shoot. And yeah, but I think John's it. very technical in his game, and I feel like I don't know, like if someone like Daniel Cormier can go up to heavyweight and, and beat the likes of Derek Lewis and even a, even a steep band one fight, like I have no doubt that John Jones can do it too. Well, he beats Stepe. I mean, he just got a he just got an incredible shot on Ste on Stepe. That's what it was. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, Stepe just got caught. I mean, it wasn't because then Stepe beat him twice in a row. Yeah, and unanimously beat him, and sure. um, he, yeah, he beat Derek Lewis, but he beat it. Derek, he choked him out in the second round. He got him down quick. Yeah. It was great. It was a good win, but like, he's not. He, I just think it's also. I just think it's different. First of all, uh, also, I think uh, Cormier was a heavyweight in before he even came to the UFC. He was a heavyweight. Yeah, as a wrestler. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah, I mean, I I'm not saying it's gonna be impo- I don't think he's gonna go up there and get skunked. I don't. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think he's. I just think that people get lost get in lost. the allure of John Jones because it's being John Jones, and they just think that he's like this invincible person. I think realistically, I think he's gonna go up to lightweight if he fights for the title. I. I think his most likely his best route to victory is if he fights Stipe because Stipe is more of his size. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if he goes up against the likes of Francis Ngannou, uh, Curtis Blades, um, or any of these other heavyweights that are that big, I think he just is going to have a very hard time. Do you think he'll just get put in front of everyone else? Like the winner of Stipe and Francis will probably fight him? That's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah, Dana White's already confirmed it. Um, that's who. That's who's going to be fighting. When does Stipe and Francis fight? In three weeks. Probably summertime. No, in three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. Bam. Fight, so they have this Saturday um, is a fight <laughs> night, and then next Saturday is another fight night, and then after that, the following Saturday is uh, 
UFC 260, which is Stipe and Ganu. And I believe Volkanowski, Brian Ortega. So also a bantamweight or featherweight title. Um, yeah, no, it'll be that that Stipe fight's interesting because it really comes down to my, you know, what's Stipe going to do because Francis literally needs one shot. His last, his last three or four fights have lasted, have not gone over a minute. Francis fights? Yeah, his last like three fights is his longest fights like forty eight seconds. He's literally just one pop in these guys. It's insane. God, it's he's Very scary, man. He's his hands are scary. Mm-hmm. Derek Lewis, I mean, they just have cinder blocks on their hands. Just cinder blocks atta- attached to their wrists. Uh, what's uh, what's the uh, what's Kamara Usman fight at? One seventy. He's a welterweight. When who's who's coming up in that division? Because I know he fought and won. He beat Masvidal. Remember, I was weird. I was with you when that happened. I, I don't know what's yeah. happening. Yeah, it was that. a boring fight. Yeah, um, boring fight. Um, yeah, he. They don't really know. I don't really know what they're the two weight divisions that I I'm kind of curious as what's going to happen is welterweight and lightweight because yeah they don't really know what they're doing with it um with welterweight yeah i mean i would think right now it should be either colby covington or jorge masvidal um i think those are really the only two fights that you can make for uzman is uzman going to go up to 185 i think he would have a hard time at 185 to be honest um but I, I don't know. I don't know who he's going to, I don't know who he's going to fight next. It sounded like it was originally supposed to be him and Jorge, but then I, I think he backed out. Um, and I know Jorge Masvidal is backing out with Colby. Like he doesn't want to fight Colby Covington. Why? Um, I personally think it's because he just knows he's going to lose because mm-hmm. they used to train together. And mm-hmm. Colby's, Colby's literally the style that, um, Jorge Masvidal doesn't want to fight against. Um, and he's just, I mean, honestly, he's just better. Um, but I am more curious to see what they'll do with him. I, I would assume it's probably one of those two. I don't really know. Oh, Leon. Oh, because Leon Edwards, he fights this weekend. Mm-hmm. He fights, um, like a 13th ranked opponent. Um, so if he wins, possibly they fight. Um, but oh, Wonder Boy! I think Wonder Boy would be a great. Ooh, I forgot about him. But uh, he's number five. He and they have never fought, so that actually would be a, an enticing fight. Um, I think really because Wonder Boy, Wonder Boy's got good takedown defense. He's an incredible striker. Mm-hmm. Um, they've never fought. And it would be Wonder Boy's last. You because Wonder Boy's thirty eight. So you go UFC. You go. All right, this is his last opportunity at a title. So mm-hmm. you you could sell that fight. Um, that would be a great fight. Wonder Boy in his last two fights, the UFC's tried to get him, give him like these young dogs who mm-hmm. they're like they're trying to make uh, Stephen Tom. They're trying to make Wonder Boy the uh, you know like the coming up guy where they're all you got to beat him to to get up to the ranking sort of thing to really mm-hmm. prove yourself. And he's just skunked both of them. So the, the USC is like, fucking hey, man. 
like the giant he's still up there so he's still one of the best <laughs> um and so i think that would be a great fight and you you could get it out of the way because then you could then you don't have to worry about like you know you can keep feeding these prospects to him for the rest of his career now mm -hmm. because you gave him his other opportunity if he loses so um i would say that would be the interesting one i would say it's either wonder boy would be the best one. I don't think they'll do that, but I think realistically it's either Jorge Masvidal or Colby. Um, Lightweight will be super interesting too, though, because you have Gaethje who's just sitting there after the Khabib fight, and now since Khabib's gone, he, they're like, and Justin Poirier has beaten Gaethje straight up before, and then he just beat Connor, so he has that momentum. Islam there is, Kachev, there's a there's a there's a Brazilian two. guy, and there's something with a G. What's his last name? Uh, there's Charles or Oliveira, oh, yeah, yeah. And then also, Rafael dos Anjos is back in it too. But um, yeah, after Oliveira, I heard is the guy is the guy that everyone wants a piece, or that's the guy who's on yeah, his way he's up. The top, he's the top guy right now. Um, yeah, it's weird because then you have Islam Makachev, who's uh, Habib's teammate. Um, yeah, they, they, they're they're getting big hype about him, right? Oh, he's a stud. He's boring. He's like Habib. He's boring, but he's, he's a, yeah, but he's just a stud. I mean, you just basically watch a bear maul somebody. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, that's what it's like. But um, yeah, I mean, lightweight's weird too because it also seems like Dana's like really just not taking the title. Where Habib seems pretty retired to me, um, and I just don't know why. Like, what are they? If I'm if I'm a fighter in the lightweight division, I'm like, what's going on here? Like, what am I fighting for at this point? Yeah, like, like the you're not you're not you're not taking the belt. He's saying he's retired. You're making us all do all these fights for for no belt. Mm -hmm. Why? Like, the reason I'm in this is to fight for a belt or move up rankings for a belt. But there's nothing like you haven't made a decision on it, and you can't give him a fight. So. I would just be as a fighter, as a lightweight fighter right now, I would be kind of just, hey, can we figure this out? Like, Who do you think should fight for the title at lightweight? I think you have to put Gaethje in there. I think right first now. and foremost, what you do is you need to strip Habib. I think you need to, because you need to just, because then you, then you can play with whatever you want after that. You just need to make it clear that he's, there's no champion now in, in the lightweight division. Mm -hmm. And that's what you need. You need to make it absolutely clear. So you need to strip him and then you can make fights. So like you can do a Connor and Dustin rematch and not have it be for a belt. Cause I think a lot of people would be fucking furious if Connor lost and then refights him and he gets to do this time now for a belt. Wow. A lot of people. Would I, be think, I think, I think, I think the, the logical matchup right now is Gaethje versus Poirier. At least, at least start because they have a history. No, I think they're going to do Gaethje Chandler. Who the fuck is Chandler? Michael Chandler? Oh, Chandler is not in order at all. So he's the Bellator champion, and he came over, and he just had his first fight in the UFC. He's like everybody's always said he's he's like the best lightweight in the world outside of the UFC, and they wanted to. Everybody's been hyped for him to come over to the UFC, so he comes over to the UFC. In his first fight, he fights Dan Hooker, and he skunks him in like a minute and a half, mm -hmm. and just KOs him like fucking hard, dude. And he's good, and he's an incredible wrestler. He was a Division One wrestler. He mm -hmm. wrestled at University of Missouri with Ben Askren and Tyron Woodley. Mm -hmm. um, he was like an All-American. 
Um, he's a stud, dude. He's he's mm. very he pushes the pace. He's very forward, and he's got fucking bombs in his hands. And he and Gaethje would be a great fight because they would both just go in there and they would just swing. Um, mm. And and Michael Chandler is um, trying to obviously get the belt, so he needs one. He's only had one fight in the UFC, so he needs one more. And if he wins that he gets um if he wins that he can then you know he'll have that title fight so and i think what they really want to do is they want to they'll probably do something with charles Oliveira too so like maybe they do charles Oliveira versus poirier um and then i would do like i would give mcgregor somebody else other than mcgregor ds3 yeah, but I, I think I don't think McGregor wants it because I think he's trying to get the lightweight title back. Like I really do think that. So I think he's focused on being at 155 and Diaz wants to fight at 170. Mm. Um but I don't know what McGregor I don't I mean it well I know what McGregor's doing next because Dana's already talked about it too that he's he's trying to make Poirier McGregor rematch. Like he's trying to they're trying to do it again like immediately. Mm. So I don't know, man, but it'd be interesting. I, I think Chandler's probably going to be the champion here soon. I think they need to street. Uh, they definitely need. They need to make a fucking decision though on what the fuck's up with the title. I think they, that's first and foremost what they need to do. Yeah, that's true. I mean, on the Connor thing, while we're on, I feel like just from what I've heard and, and read about, it seems like he needs to change his stance up if he wants to compete in this division because he the way he fights, he puts a lot of he kind of does a, a very wide stance with a lot of weight on his front leg. It kind of opens him up to those calf kicks. And mm-hmm. I feel like Poirier destroyed him with those calf kicks. And Gaethje, who, who, I mean, right now you could say is probably the top contender if you're not going to name him the champion because of Khabib. That's his thing, too, is, is massive leg kicks. So I feel like Connor's going to change his style up a little bit if he wants to compete in that division. Yeah, I mean, he's going to have to, or he's just going to figure out a defensive tactic for it. Because... Um, <laughs> I mean, the other thing, I, I even saw that too in the first fight. Not necessarily the calf kicks, but he just even just looked slower. He looked very stiff. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't have any flow in motion. Like, there's fighters who fight like that all the time. And yeah, you can get, you're susceptible to leg kicks. But, you know, if you find out a good defense for it or you just work on timing it to where you just pick your leg up and you don't actually check it or something, I mean, you'll figure something out. But yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a problem, especially nowadays. I mean, that, that lower calf kick is just – it's the thing in the UFC right now. You can't it's even really check dramatic. it, but you, there's really no defense for it other than trying to get away from it. Well, that's like, what I was going to say is about the Yon-Izzy fight. Yon did a great job. I don't, I don't know if you, you really watched, but Yon, so that, that was his Muay Thai background coming in. He did like a Muay Thai check almost is where he would kind of meet the, sh- the shin with his leg mm-hmm. halfway in the middle or – he would just bring his front foot, his like his knee to his chin sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of, you just make your leg not there. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all you can do. I think sooner or later, somebody will figure something out like, Hey, yeah, you're just going to have to eat the kick. But if you counter with like an overhand, right. Or something, mm-hmm. like it's the one that ends all be all sort of thing. Or, you know, mm-hmm. sooner or later, sure. somebody will figure out a way to defeat it. And then there will be there will be something else, um, mm-hmm. you know. But it'll be it'll be interesting to see what those two weight divisions do. I I do want to see who Usman fights next, um, and then uh, 
yeah, I mean, I thought the Izzy fight and Jan was great. I thought Jan, I'm just so, I'm so giddy because I love him. He is so funny. He is just mm-hmm. like, he's just like a big Polish, like Viking, like teddy bear. Yeah, 100% what he is. Yeah, he's just kind of like a goofball. I love him. Uh, I was watching that thing on him on the Embedded on ESPN. And he was doing mm-hmm. like the story on the rope that he found from that guy who committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's telling the story and he's all, yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, he goes, you know, not funny for him. Obviously he's like, for me, because I was like, I come up and I see him hanging there and he's, he's like, he's dead. He's like clearly dead. Cause he's all, and he's like, he's all, uh, he's like, uh, like that. He's like, he's clearly dead. And he goes, and I walk up to him. I'm like, he's like, I like poke him. I go, Hey, are you okay? And he was like, I'm so stupid because I don't even know. He was like, it was very clear. And you just saw him and you're like, oh, dude, he's like a giant goofball, dude. He's just so funny. Yeah, he like he will knock your head off in the blink of an eye. Um, I wouldn't play with him. No, hell no. Dude, that means that he was, he is literally just a Viking. It was just, that's all he is out there. I think at the end of the day, the one thing I'd like to see is, I don't, I don't know how they, how they do this, but better officiating at the judges' scorecards. Just, I feel like that there's got to be some kind of change there, and I don't even know where you start with that, like where you even, how you even go about addressing that. But yeah, I mean, you can't do much but talk to the association, really. The mm-hmm. Association, I mean, redoing the scoring, like you know, coming up with different scoring terms. Um, I think is is the mm-hmm. best you could really do. Wasn't there a fight on that card where one of the judges had it like a unanimous decision in one in one fighter's favor, and then another judge had one unanimously in the other in the other direction? Yeah, that's been a thing with this. Um, that I think they kind of got figured out. That was that's been pretty recent. That was um, a lot of people would say these people were winning a fight when they shouldn't have been because they just didn't understand MMA. They were like boxing judges, mm-hmm. so even though this guy was on the ground, like this, there was like fights where this guy would take somebody down and he'd be on the ground for almost a whole round. And it was like a clear, like he won this round, like mm-hmm. he just was on top of him the whole time, um, controlling him on the ground. And the minute they were doing stand up, the other guy was winning on that stand up, and like people were giving that a, a victory to them. So yeah, you had like some of that, but I think they've kind of gotten that figured out. The big one now is these 10 eights you're seeing right now is a big issue. Um, yeah, I think I don't think there's much you can do but talk to the association though about it. Um, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of things. A lot of people are talking about like the stoppages by the refs. You know, people are always getting you know they're either not there on time or they're too early. It's like, man, these guys are making split second decisions in a ring. Uh, yeah, it's hard. I mean, you hard. you. You can criticize them from a distance, but unless you're sitting in that chair, you know what it's like. Like, yeah, and you know, and I, I get it because there's like sometimes you get bad judging. I agree, but then sometimes, you know, your I think our biases get in the way too. Where like there's fights, like I was super critical of Yawn in this fight. Like I had that's why when I went back and I rewatched it, and I was like, oh okay, I could I, honestly I can really see why people gave it four to one to Yawn. Like I was super high, like hypercritical of Jan, so I was pretty much thinking he was almost like losing the whole entire fight when I was. Yeah, I was gonna say. Question: If you if you take away those two takedowns in the fourth and fifth round, do you think Jan still wins the fight? I so I don't think he would have. 
I don't think so either. I don't think he would have. But I think that would be based off of like our biases going in that Izzy is just the better striker. Because if you then go back and look at it, like when you go look at it, you rewatch the first round and then you look at the stats, like Jan completely outstrikes him. Jan pushes the pace. Jan has great defense and patience in the first round. Like if you rewatch it, it, it's actually not hard to believe him winning four four rounds to one. And I think I think some biases play into that too. Yeah, I, I think that happens. And that's why a lot of people are like, that's why you don't leave it to the scores, the scores tables. Like, don't let it go to the judges because and they're also each judge is watching the fight from a different angle of the octagon. For sure. So what one what they're seeing is completely different from the other judge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean it's always weird, man. It's always weird. It's hard, but I don't know that. Yeah. I don't think Jan would have done that without the takedowns, but I mean, then you would have looked at it and you'd be like, wait, Jan outstruck him by like fucking 30 shots. It would have been like that John Jones. Um, who's the guy that, that, why is his name? So the, the guy that Alexander Jan, Gusefon, yeah. The one, the guy that Jan knocked out Dominic Reyes, it would be like that fight oh, all yeah. over again. Where like, it, it looks like where at the end you look at the scorecard and you're like, wait, Dominic Reyes outstruck him. How did like, significantly. Yeah. It'd be like a similar uh, story. Yeah, and um, I think there was something else that you had just said that reminded me, too, of that. Um, damn, it was with – I can't remember. But who just said it, too? It was with um, Jan, but – oh, oh, this is what it was. So, Jan, when – you know, it would have been interesting is I think had the round gone – had the round been another 40 – Five seconds, I think Jan gets a TKO because mm, he was starting seconds, to yeah, he was starting to womp on him a little finally bit. Finally postured up in full mount, and he was starting to connect, and then the thing went, and Izzy was stuck. I mean, he was stuck mm-hmm. down there. Completely you could see stuck. Him start to he could see him start to like really like start to freak out, and he was like, "Fuck!" As soon as he took him to the ground, I feel like in that fifth round, because then I feel like once he took him to the ground, the fifth round, Izzy knew he was fucked. Yeah, and yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. And then he knew he was trying desperately, but then when he went to full, when he was about to posture up the last 10 seconds, he saw Izzy just start desperation squirms because he, if that round was another 30 seconds, I think Izzy gets TKO'd. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, it, I don't know. It was, it was, I'm really happy on one. I think Yon's record's a little, um, little skewed. I think he's, he's way better than his record says. Um, but what a story, man. What a story. Oh my god yeah that's one of the parity of the division i feel like that's anybody can win i feel like especially given jan's age yeah i mean i mean i saw it though and i just i saw and i was like wow he's just so much and i loved him and i was like he's so much better than i thought too i mean he really think about it if you go back and look i mean look at the stats like he's the first person to ever outstrike izzy Mm -hmm. he he had better defense than anybody's ever done against Izzy, and he mm-hmm. had incredible patience. I mean, yeah. he just Izzy loves to counter, and he loves doing striking off of like people's mistakes and baiting you into mistakes, and he just couldn't do that. Beyond, like he just beyond was not there for it. 
I had no, I mean, like, we keep, I keep hearkening back to this, but I had no clue he was 38. He does not look 38 at all. No, he doesn't, he doesn't. Look, he doesn't, he looks like, he looks young 30s, if anything. Like, I don't know how much time he's got left, but like, he looks fresh. Like, uh, I agree. I think he's, I mean, he's probably got like two years left, um, but he, he's going to have a great, I think he's going to have a great next year and a half. Uh, I think so too. I think he gets two more title defenses. I think he's going to really cement himself as, as a UFC. I mean, I already think he did. I think beating Izzy and I know people, what I don't want is people to be like, Oh, see, it was the weight difference. That's, that's why you won. It's like, Everyone's won say. He's a better fighter. Like, like he won. Cause he was the better fighter that like he just was And Even going into that last round. You're like, Izzy needs to make something happen here. If he wants yeah. to win. Even going in to do something, sitting next to one of my friends, he threw 500 on Izzy to win. I'm sitting next to him. <laughs> oh, my dude had the sweat running down. He wasn't saying a word. He was straight silent. <laughs> Watching on his phone. <laughs> oh, I was uh, shit. I guess he needs to do something here. I, uh, I, had my, I got my sister because I told Spencer about Jan Blahovich. Hmm. I, I was telling her about him for like the week leading up. And I was like, so the reason I fell in love with Jan Blahovich is I won a good amount of money on him. Cause he's always an underdog. Mm-hmm. And so I want, I've been winning money off of him by betting on him as an underdog. And so I've started falling in love with him. And then I got to know his personality and then I really loved him as a fighter. Did you bet him on the Izzy fight? No, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, Cause I haven't, I haven't found a way cause I just moved to Texas. I haven't found a way right. to start being able to gamble yet. Yeah, um, Cause I did it. I, in Oregon, I just did it through their. They had an actual app that was through their state right. lottery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So long story short, um, yeah, I that's why I loved him. I got Spencer, my little sister. Mm-hmm. I I told her about him, and uh, she threw money down once on uh, Jan Blahovich. So. Oh yeah. She didn't, she didn't throw five hundred dollars down, but she threw I think probably like a hundred and twenty bucks. But it was like a it's like. It was almost a three to one payout. So she probably made like like profit, probably like 200, 225. Whatever. So that's yeah. stuff. It's funny. I was the one whispering my friend. I was like, yeah. He was like, who should I say? I was like, take Izzy. Izzy's got this. I'm sitting there. <laughs> lock. Chris's um, lock of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Chris's flop of the week, more like. <laughs> he's just, uh, he's probably tight. Um, yeah, he had the flu. Yeah, Lindsay put. <laughs> Lindsay was really excited and she threw a hundred dollars down on uh, Megan Anderson. And I was just oh, like, Oh God. Yeah. yeah. I, she was like, are you kidding me? She's so tall. She's six foot. She's going to, she's going to win this. She's like, this is going to be the upset of the year. She threw a hundred dollars mm-hmm. on Megan Anderson. Uh, and she, like at the time she was like a plus eight twenty five. That would have been the upset of the century. If she I let won. her do her thing. I didn't want to say, um, I was like, all right. Yeah, sure. I'm like she maybe I mean she is the first time in history that a man Nunez has ever had somebody who didn't have a you know reach, uh she didn't have reach on somebody so maybe she landed two punches, yeah. Right. Two punches. You saw it and you just like she landed that first overhand right and like you just saw her face change and Megan Anderson was like oh this is what it's like in here with her, <laughs> so this is what it's like okay. Um, yeah, I feel bad for Amanda Nunez. She's probably going to have a boring next couple of years. She's going to make yeah. a lot of money, and she'll, you know, she'll yeah. do all that. But like, um, especially because she's continuously defending two belts at the same time. Like I think just... they're going to vacate the 145 belt for women's. 
There's yeah. just not a lot of, there's just even, not even from a competitive standpoint for her, but just as much as like, there's just not a lot of people in that weight division there as mm. well anyways. Um, so I think it's going to be pretty hard for her to do it. Um, but, and also that, like, who's there to really, like, the only person, the only fight I really see them making is Sevchenko and her. I don't know anything about the girls' division. I just know that she's basically well, Molly Locke. Her, like, the only, like her and Shevchenko fought twice, and like they're always close fights. But that's that's about all I know of it. Mm. Um, but you know, we'll see. I guess it, it'll be interesting. I feel bad for her. I think she's gonna. She just like, and when she finally does lose, it'll be more so because she's just so much older at that point yeah. in her career. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Yeah. Oh well. So, what do you got going on, man? What do you got going on uh, the rest of the week? Any big plans? Just working. Um, what do I got going on? Nothing really, dude. Just kind of hanging. You know, Florida. It's kind of a free for all. So, just take it day by day. Yeah. I'm just coming next. What about you? What are you doing out there? Um. Right now, not much. Um. Got my my first friend here in uh, in Dallas. Yeah. Met some dude. Yeah. How'd that happen? Um, this app called Mandate. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, um, Lindsay and I were out getting like drinks on Saturday, and mm. this girl who was sitting next to us, just this like older woman who was just there on her own, was just super loud, and then like he was sitting next to her and she was just really loud about like how he was new in town and he had just moved there from like Chicago, like a week ago and just super new to the city. And he was like, you know, asking like, you know, where do people go out? Like things about the city. So on our way out, I just stopped by and I was like, Hey, I'm like, dude, I've moved here a month ago. I'm like, I don't know anybody either. I was like, take my number. I'm like, if you ever want to go grab drinks or something, let me know. And, um, so we're grabbing drinks Sunday. So I th- I'm going to wear nervous? something nice. Kinda, yeah, I'm saying nervous. You know, I'm uh, going to probably get a haircut, look really nice. You um, keeping it? You keeping it short? You rocking the uh, what? Uh, Justin Timberlake out of time look? Using yeah, shaded. I, I got I got a guy too who he's getting. He actually gave me a really nice fade too. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, he is an interesting dude too. The guy who cuts my hair. His barbershop is called Testosterone Barbershop. Okay. <laughs> um, and it's not like he's a bodybuilder either. The dude's a pretty badass guy though too. He was selling me. He so he used to box. Um, he was like a golden cool. guy. Um, and he he told me one time about a fight he got into with some dude who owed him money. And he like snapped his jaw in two hits. <laughs> um, so I met him my first week in Dallas. Um, and then I told you about the, the, the rock, I don't want to call it robbery, but I don't know. The jacking at this, you know, I saw three guys rob target. And <laughs> like I first moved here too. Um, <laughs> So, it's a pretty big ass store. Did they like hold it up at gunpoint or what? No, I think what they did. So 
when we walked in, I kind of started piecing it together. So what they did was it was like them and like four of the dudes, super polite guys too. Cause when they were, they were actually running by us when we were walking in and, mm-hmm. um, they were all, Hey, excuse me, excuse me <laughs> out of the way. Excuse me. Sorry. And they were like running into their getaway car is funny. Um, and, uh, what they did was like him and like four, it was like four, there was like four of them. And I think they just went to the electronics department and they all just like oh, got mm-hmm. scissors and like bolt cutters or whatever. And they just jacked like 10 or 15 iPads or something and just bolted. So, <laughs> that's so, come up. That's a big time come up. So they're going to, they're, they're probably going to get, you know, he's probably made a couple thousand, I guess, but. Um, get it how you can. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> anyway, you can hustle, right? Uh, Seriously. Uh, but yeah, so that was my first week. Um, mask mandates o- over next or th- uh, this Wednesday. Really? Um, yeah, you in the state of Texas. Well, that's the state Texas thing is they're saying is you don't have to. It's going to be up to it's up to businesses. I imagine here in Dallas, um, you know, bigger city, a little more a little more liberal. Um, they're they're probably still going to have a lot of businesses that are going to uh, require mm-hmm. it. But I mean, it's really not that big of a deal here. I think it's. The only difference between here and Florida is you guys are allowing fans like they don't have that in Florida and in Texas yet. And sounds like uh, it's coming, though. Sounds like the state's getting opened back up because slowly, I was slowly. And then but the one thing that we do are is everything's full capacity. You just have to wear a mask like to your seat. Or if you were to go to the bathroom or something like that. But other than that, you have to sit at a table when you go out to bars and stuff. Like, I think so. Yeah, not in Florida. Yeah, that that's and that's the difference. I like that. No, yeah, I know. Fuck. That's what I'm saying. Who the fuck wants to sit at a table when you nobody. got so far? Fuck yeah, that. Nobody wants to. It's like no. it's like great to have if you want to rest your legs for a minute. Like that's <laughs> but that's why they have the bar. You sit yeah. down at a high chair or some shit. Um <laughs> no, I agree. I I know I gotta I gotta get back there, man. It's like Mm-hmm. I always love going back to Florida. It's always so fun. So, always get our ratchet on, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> man. Always throw so some great. kind of trouble. It's so great. <laughs> it's so fun, man. It's like I always tell people, I'm like, man, if you just want to have like a good time, like people talk shit about Florida, but if you just want to have a good time, mm. you know, easy going life, dude, go to Florida, man. Like you especially tampa tampa is so underrated like tampa parties bro it is coming it's coming now too especially with everything going on with like the juice from the bucks and like the the lightning just won the chip the rays are in the world series great fucking city i i can't it's only getting bigger too it is grimy but (laughs) it is so fun it's like Mm. It's like your cousin or your uncle that's like the really cool cousin or uncle that, you know, like they, they're just a great guy. They're always a fun time, but, you know, they don't really have their life together, but you love them. You know, they're like, you're not like ever ashamed of them because these are just such a cool dude and they're just such like a good person and you always have a great time with them. But like, you know, they're not going to be running a company anytime soon. No. That's Florida. That's, that's pretty much what Tampa is. Tampa, Florida, in a nutshell, right there. Yeah. Uh, but great time, bro. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that, that's how I feel about it. Dallas is cool here, though, man. Definitely a lot of uh, work hard, play hard people here. 
Not, I hear nothing but good things about Dallas. I'm, I'm definitely planning on sliding out soon. You got to find a good lake for us to hop onto. I hear the lakes are the yeah, big thing. I mean, that's it. I think that's more in there's there's like a bigger one up in northern Dallas, but it, I don't think it's like super popular in Dallas mm-hmm. here in particular. There's not like there's not like anything like that. There's just a lot of bars and restaurants. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the the big thing in Dallas is the food. Like, no, oh, for sure. Yeah, the bars and food scene here is just five star across the board you keep the kennedy assassination spot yet i haven't i haven't what? You gotta I haven't. Go. um i do want to do that maybe that dude maybe that's the thing you should like when you come into town that's what we should do we should have a, a jfk uh pod we'll do our jfk pod From we'll McGrath, town, and we'll go we'll we go, should to, go to we'll go to the uh the museum and mm-hmm. then we'll come back and record deal i'm with it all right all right well um hey man um I don't want to keep you. I know. I, I think I went way over. Um, okay. You know, but um, thanks for coming on with this. This was awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad I got to get your take on it. Glad we got to have a cool conversation. Oh um, yeah. I'm actually going to try and probably release this either today or I probably should do it tomorrow morning. So I'll release this tomorrow morning. Um, it's just it's past the glory hour for releasing. But um, yeah, dude. Thanks for coming on. This was great. I don't really have anybody talk UFC, so if you you got ESPN Plus, bro, start watching those fight nights more and more often. I can have I'm gonna I could have you come on. I don't have anybody oh, yeah. to talk MMA with, really. Um, Let's do so. it. I love. I, it's kind of like my uh, not my guilty pleasure. Something like if, if I could go back in, in life, I would probably be like learn mixed. I've been telling arts. Lindsay that too. I was like, man, I'm like, I would love to been like i don't even know that i i would have loved to been a fighter just because like i just think it would have been so fun i just think it would have been like incredible a great time. and just those guys are just so tough they're just so they're you know and i i love the respect that they have with each other even those guys who talk shit and then after the fight and they bang it out you see it and they're like hey and they celebrate with each other so dab each other up I, I, think a lot of, I think well i think it's good just for like a lot of people are like oh like you're ever out at a bar scene and someone hits you wrong you're like oh i fucked that guy up or something like that and i feel like when you learn martial arts kind of gives you that inner peace where like you know you someone's ass and you don't really yeah need to. super confidence yeah, like unnecessary aggression it's, it's good for but i just think it's good holistic honestly i thought about getting into it now there's a <laughs> i do a i do a little yeah. bit of struggle time to time and my roommate actually in college was trained in mixed martial arts so i got like an introduction to it like all the submissions yeah. learning how to strike and shit and i thought about joining like gracie tampa just just to check it out and see what's did up you with jiu-jitsu? It. i would do it all holistically i would do like jujitsu and then just learn- say that i was saying the same thing and the guy who cuts my hair um who was the boxer he told me he actually invited me he was like yo whenever you want to go there's a gym down the street he's like I can show you some things and we can cool like, hobby, know. dude. If you have time yeah. on your hands, you should get into it. I want it for honestly, the reasons that you did it is for this or the reasons that you were saying is the exact reasons I want to get into it more. So is I want to be able to go out into a bar and if things go south, I know I can handle myself. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like somebody's picking a fight with me. Just I'm like anything, like even if just somebody picks a fight with somebody in the bar and things get out of control, I'll be able mm-hmm. to handle myself. I kind, of was looking, I kind of looking at it from the same way, but like if I ever travel internationally, like you never know what the fuck's going to go down wherever you, if you're like yeah. away from home, like another country somewhere. So I've always wanted it just, just to have it in the tool belt, you know, just in case I need it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, uh, there's a guy, uh, Theo Vaughn. He's a comedian. I don't know if you've ever uh-huh. seen the show. King I've heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> he just gets into it and he's so funny. Cause he tells stories all the time too, where he's like, yeah. And he goes, 
they're like, are you getting any better? He goes, yeah. You, you know, I, I choked out a little girl the other day. He's, uh, <laughs> he's, uh, <laughs> I was pretty much just doing a, uh, he's like, I put her in what I call the hard scarf, and he, which he just means a rear naked choke. <laughs> he's, uh, he's so funny. He's a character, man. But uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely want to get into that. I was thinking like, I wanted to get into like Muay Thai or maybe boxing. Just yeah. Eventually, I'd get into jujitsu. I got kind of a bum arm, so I don't. I know somebody will fucking snap it and hang it on their mantle, so I don't need that. <laughs> so um, I, I'll probably stick to. I'll probably stick to striking. And I think against the average person, I don't really think I'll need to know jujitsu. I think if I learn striking, no. I'll be fine. Yeah. So simple enough. Yeah. Well, hey, man. Thanks for coming on. Uh, of course. Try not to go longer than a week, all right? This time with saying something to me. Damn, dude. <laughs> fucking miss it, bro. All right, bro. Uh, got all you, right. man. I'll talk to Take you. Take it easy, bro. Later, bud.